Latinos Out Loud podcast. The wind was just taken right out of me with those yo's. Maybe it's because it's so windy. That's the sound of the yo's. It's the sound of the beast. The yo's. The yo's. Oh, we're we're getting off to the great to a great start here, David. The yo's. Ay, yo mío. Yo's sounds like a like a girl's name, like some sort of like a Dominican girl's. Yo's. Yo's. Hi guys, uh, that is the sound of the Yolis and the Police and the Nolis. We're here. It's the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Welcome back, y'all. I just found out right before we started recording. I just found out what podcast this is. Where did you think you were going? I mean, did you have any idea? I I like to be surprised, so Mm, mm, I just kind of was just like, let's wing it wherever we are. Let's do it. Uh. I'm (laughs) allowed. I like to adapt, you know. Yeah. You do have great adaptability, I've noticed. Throughout the years of knowing you, you adapt well, like a chameleon. You're a comedy chameleon. chameleon. That's the animal that I was thinking of. Yeah. Chameleon. Yeah. And, and Frank, Frank joins us from the metaverse. How's it going out there? Guys, it's beautiful over here in the metaverse. This is, been, He's up in the metaverse. He's spending Bitcoin. He bugging out right now. I've been bothering Rachel about metaverse, like... For the last three months, <laughs> she's tired of I me. I secretly love it. No, I secretly love it. I secretly love it. Do we have to do it. like? Do we have to do a separate podcast for the metaverse? I think so. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah. just. It's gonna be a lot of content because I mean, LOL yeah. metaverse. That sounds sexy. Ooh. LOL metaverse. Yeah, Frank, you yeah. got excited. You want to start working on that? That just sounds hot. I like that. LOL metaverse. First of all, can I just say something that everybody's thinking, but nobody's saying it? Nobody knows what the fuck the metaverse is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to me, it's like another version of Nobody Sims, right? Knows. Like, it's just a different version of us. So what I don't want people happening? to be like, yo, Jamie, your meta- Jamie metaverse, your metaverse character is funnier than your real life character, okay? <laughs> I don't want the comparisons. I don't want the comparisons. Oh. I'm like out here looking for the doors to the metaverse. I'm I'm finding phone booths to see if they work to go to the metaverse. I crawled in the oven the other day. I was like, does this lead to the metaverse? I cannot find the metaverse. So if anybody could throw me a map or a freaking bone, I'd really appreciate it. Frank, I know you have all the secrets and you're not saying anything. Well, listen, guys, our listeners will be able to meet us in the metaverse, okay? They'll okay. be able to meet us and we'll be able to shake their hands. Like, and we'll be at home while we're meeting them. So I can't wait. Ooh. We're going to meet like all our peoples. I can't wait. This is going to be crazy. I can't wait. Can, okay, I have a request. Can the Rachel La Loca in the metaverse have a C cup and Anything maybe like Anything three inches off my waist? I, um, look, Rachel, I'm making mine. I'm putting 10 inches on me already. All right? So, let's, whoa. Yeah, so wow, okay. well, wait, on your waist? Oh, wait, don't answer that. <laughs> 
Don't answer that. What is this? The, man, the Mandingo verse? Like, hey, uh, yo. I'll take the first plane. Where are we going? First class? Let's go. A 10 injured. Damn. But guys, you know what I mean? You oh, can God. do anything you want. You can make yourself look, you know, you want to take a few pounds off, put a few pounds on, anything you want to do. Put your hair back, mm. whatever you want to do. It's going to be I amazing. I think I want my gray streak on the left side because that's where you, I photograph better. You can I don't do want that. this natural gray streak on the right side. You in can the do whatever you I'm going to mess people up with that. <laughs> Am I going to need rem- to remember a new password? Like, I, I'm done with <laughs> oh, passwords. Like, it's that's like, a deal breaker you know, for me. I'm out. It's like, I got to go to my Vetiverse and I got to think of an, I have to have a, yet another password that I got to uh, sign up Jamie, for. Jamie, I have the, you know? when you put on these glasses, it's going to know by your iris, it's going to know it's Jamie Fernandez just by the, by the uniqueness of your iris. So there's no wow. signing in. There's no signing in. As soon as you put on these these glasses, it's going to sign you in right away, just like it does with the iPhone. It's going to, I mean, right in. You're going to go right into the metaverse. It's going to be incredible. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait. We were, it wasn't planned, but this feels like a Frank Spiracy right here. You know? Guys, I'm just telling you, um, I, Rachel, I love the name already. <laughs> LOL and metaverse. I mean. Yeah, LOL metaverse. I mean, it's more like the Locaverse, right? <laughs> oh, oh, the Locaverse is already being created. And that is a very uh, sexual place. You can only oh come if you're sexually confident. <laughs> why does this make us laugh so much? Because it's so real. Audience, the reason why we're laughing so hard is because for real, on the low, Frank be hitting me up at least on the daily with some kind of metaverse article <laughs> or some kind of post and I love it so much because we just get to air it out on Latinos Out Loud. Um, but yo, this is real. This is this real. Is real. Oh, you man. know what else is future. real? You know what? Listen, this is all going to be a great segue because you know what's real and also the future? Our guest. Our Aye. guest is the future because what she's doing with Telemundo is something that I don't think they've ever done before. Never. It's the first of its kind English language news show wow. geared towards bicultural Latinx. And it's in it's in English, guys. Like Incredible. Telemundo, this is great. So we're going to talk about Radar and we're going to meet Gabriela Fresques. Are you guys ready? I can't wait. I'm tired of seeing abuelas, abuelas old school shows on Telemundo. That's it. It's a wrap. Ooh. No, this this show, and Gabriela even said it, this ain't your abuelas type of new show. Oh. Yeah. This is for the youngins, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know, if you're not so far off from being youngins, which I guess you could say, we can say that we're that in that category, right? We're like not that far off. No, I don't think we're old yet. I don't. I don't think we're old yet. Maybe Frank, we don't make the millennial. But... We don't make the millennial thing, but we're well, close enough. Yeah, let me stay. Right. Let me stay quiet. Yeah, well, Frank, you look great. Keep it up, Frank. You look great. Can you hear me? Hey, Frank. Oh, all right. Yeah, you can hear me. He's got his hearing aid on. Um, that's not an earbud. I'm just kidding. Why am I roasting you? We did that a few weeks ago for your birthday. It's because I missed you. I haven't seen you in a while. So let's get into this because, yeah, she's doing great things with Telemundo. So, listeners, we'll see you on the other side of this interview. Yeah. out there in Latinos Out Loud land. This is the part of the show, you know what I'm about to say? Say it with me, have fun. This is the part of the show where we interview someone amazing. 
Amazing, amazing. In this case, her amazing. Okay, I am so excited, especially when we have Latinas on the show, guys. I know we welcome everybody. We're Latinos, Latinx, Latine, Latique, out loud. But I get really excited when there's a female doing her thing. And then she comes on this show to talk about it. She's a Mexican-American actress and host based in Miami. Please put your hands together for Gabriela Fresques. Let's um, go. You're the best hype woman ever. I've been told that many times, and I welcome yeah. it each time. Each time Absolutely. I welcome it. Thank you. I, I take I pride. Receive that. <laughs> she does, um, you know, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, uh, you know, Everything. Funerals. She's done a couple of funerals. Can she yeah. just like accompany me with like Starbucks or something? <laughs> I can. I'll take whatever I can get. That's fine. I will. I will introduce you the, at the salon if you need me to. Yeah. If you want to make a grand entrance, but Absolutely. I'm here at your disposal. We'll talk rates and fees and stuff later. Uh, Gabriela, it is. It's so nice to see you. You're in sunny Miami. We're in cold ass New York. It's beautiful. Um, Thanks. Uh, you look tan. You look great. Tell us about. <laughs> tell us about where you are and make us jealous, please. Um, I think we're done here. I mean, that's all I needed to hear today. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually an I'm an LA girl in Miami. So Woo-woo. I've been here since peak pandemic. I uh, came here in March of 2020. So back when the beaches were closed, like at the very beginning when Florida was still abiding by some rules. Um, you know, it lasted like five minutes and then it was, you know, back to the regular mayhem, but, um, yeah, so it's been fun just kind of exploring a new city, a new part of the country and like different Latino cultures for sure. than what you get on the West coast, it's like different flavor over here that I've never been exposed to. So it's been, it's been fun. Well, we always get like, you always get like the, you know, differences between LA and New York, but what is, what are some differences between LA and Miami? Right. You know, like. Are there anything that like really stands out? Definitely. I mean, I think because of what I do and where I was living in LA, I was so inundated by the industry. So everything revolved around, you know, in my world, at least my little bubble around the film industry. So anybody working in hospitality, everybody's trying to be an actor, a writer, a director. And here it's like, like everybody's trying to be a reggaeton singer a reggaeton singer true uh... yes there is a lot of art in miami there's a lot of music there's reggaeton day night you know 24 hours a day but it's just it's a different vibe over here because not everybody's geared towards those same things and the hospitality industry here is like i mean the nightlife here is insane Mm. (laughs) like it's it's they know how to party here in Miami for sure. Right. So it's like I think the focus is a little bit different. Like here, it's a little, a little more about like people come here for vacation. Um, it's a little bit more about like disfrutando la vida, like chill out, have fun, enjoy yourself. And I feel like LA is definitely more like go go go. What are you doing? What can you do? Like um, different kind of drive. But at the same time, it's hard to say that because Miami has like its own hustle that's really really intense and powerful. So it's there's similarities, but there's like extremely stark differences as well. 
Mm. Well, I think it's interesting. You're, you're connected to the cities, especially those that are, you know, predominantly Latino, L.A., New York, Miami. And you work on this show, Radar, which has a unique audience in probably those markets and more. So congrats on the show, which is on Telemundo. Let's dive into that. Like, tell us about the audience of Radar and tell us about the show and your role in it. So Radar is a digital show for Telemundo. It's an all it's in English. So that in itself is completely unique and different. And uh, we're on YouTube and we cater towards a Gen Z millennial audience. So the tagline mm. of the show is Not Your Abuela's new show or Not Your Abuela's Noticiero. Porque hablamos de cosas that you don't want to talk about in front of your abuela. <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe you should. <laughs> we, we, we encourage you to. Uh, well, as they're definitely welcome, but we, a lot of the show's to topics focus center around things that are maybe more taboo in our culture, like mental health, like sex, like spirituality. So um, in that sense, it's really been kind of exciting to just kind of dive full force into these topics that might be uncomfortable in a family setting, especially in Latino households. And Radar has been a platform to do that. Um, and in addition to that, really showcase the diversity of our community, because when you think about Latinos in the news, so much of it focuses on like a few singular topics, you know, one being immigration, which we're inundated with all the time, when in reality, like we're just like everybody else. We want to talk about yeah, weed. We right. want to talk about sex. Mm. We want to talk about culture. We want to talk about lifestyle. <laughs> like we want to you know, we're dynamic, diverse individuals. And also like, we're not all Mexican. I am, yeah. but yeah. the rest of my team isn't, you know, we're made up of just in our team alone, we represent several different countries. So I'll, you know, I might say something one way and then they're like, no, we don't say that in Nicaragua. We don't say that word in Nicaragua or, you know, in Chile, we actually say this or, so it's been really fun to kind of identify those differences and then explore them and dive deeper into them on the show. Now, you speaking of that, like I think a buzzword now on social media when Latinos are kind of talking about something that they're not happy with, how the representation mm -hmm. that you're mm -hmm. using the word monolith a lot. Right. You know, how mm -hmm. Latino, the Latinx community is not a monolith. I feel like I've heard that word in the last year more than any time. Can you explain kind of that means to people that I feel like some people are like, they're not really sure when people are like, we're not a monolith. Every time I hear that word now, I just I. <laughs> it sounds like we're talking about something like prehistoric and I just, yeah. I, I've come to like really despise the word. Like every time I hear it, I roll my eyes. I'm like, we need a better word for this. So I try to dance around it by being like the diversity of our community, but yeah, we're not a monolith. We're not all the same. And that's definitely at the heart of why Radar was created because we launched in 2020 in a presidential election year and we launched in the middle of the election and we were really focused on uh, issues that were key to, you know, leading up to, to, the, to, to that election. So we're talking about all the major issues affecting, you know, communities and, um, you know, you would constantly hear that phrase over and over and we still hear it. But there's a reason we keep hearing it, and it's because we are constantly getting lumped into right. the same category. We're getting talked at by politicians, by people in the media, as though we are all one group. I mean, I always think about when Fox News identified Latinos or identified, I don't even know what I would say. They basically, they, they referred to South and Central America as multiple Mexican countries in the lower third. Oh, my goodness. In the Chiron. What? 
They're like people from <laughs> Mexican countries. Yeah, for real. So that's happening at that level. I mean, I can only imagine what goes on behind closed doors when people are referring to our communities. Like this is national network news and somebody messed that up. Do you kind of for think this reason. generation though is more vocal about it? Because I feel like, you know, for as long as, you know, I've been alive. Mostly people, when they talk about Latinos, they just, they use, you know, like, oh, us Latinos, you know, Latinos, you know, we like to do, you know, it's very much like they are, you know, everyone's in this under the same umbrella. But I feel like this generation is pushing back more on that. You know, I mean, is it more just because this generation is a little bit more vocal because of all the different, you know, places they can be vocal, like Twitter and, you know, online and on, on you know, um, YouTube and stuff like that? Or what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah. I think that another buzzword from our generation is decolonizing. We're constantly hearing decolonize your wardrobe, decolonize your food, decolonize your beauty standards. Mm. And I think that because you have people in our generation wanting to get more in touch with their indigenous ancestry, um, that you have uh, sort of this, people are turning away from this um from what we received, the identity that we received during colonization, which I think was intended to impose upon us uh, a certain type of culture, a certain standard of living, certain types of foods and dress and ideals and religion that was monolithic. You know, you have mostly Spanish colonizers coming over and imposing their values from this one little country in Europe and creating a, a, um, sort of universal identity or trying to. And so I think through colonization, we lost so much of our identity and so much of our culture, our languages. Um, you know, Spanish is not our, you know, if you're an indigenous or you identify more on the indigenous side, that's not, you know, that's not what your ancestors spoke hundreds of, year, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So, or maybe even tens of years ago. But um, so I think because of that, because people are really in tune uh, to recognizing sort of where they came from and identity has become so important or kind of reconnecting to that, that now, um, I think I lost, what was your question? (laughs) (laughs) My question was, was uh, (laughs) my question was, where were you from? So I don't, I don't, you then you went into it a completely different. (laughs) (laughs) No, the generation, like, so this generation is more empowered, right? I mean, and is that coming from just the, the ability to like, be able to like, uh, communicate through a lot of different, you know, uh, yeah. types of things. Like, yeah. you know. I attribute so much of it to social media. I mean, yeah. I think that where I find my community is <laughs> no, not it wasn't. In I find my community in it on Instagram, and I have for a long time now. And I follow some really incredible, uh, just I don't know, advocates, activists, whatever, influencers, but uh, mm. that are really confronting a lot of this. Um, sort of like generational trauma that has occurred throughout history and using, you know, doing so in a lot of really cool and creative ways, like through humor and through art. Um, But there's a lot of wisdom to be found in it because people are recognizing where, uh, you know, the sort of like the traumas that their family has gone through for generations um, that has made them who they are today. And they're identifying the things that they want to, you know, truly um, learn more about and grow from and the things that they are, they find valuable that maybe when they were growing up, those things weren't considered 
valuable and uh, wanting to reconnect with those and kind of do away with some of the more toxic things. And, you know, the reality is a lot of this stemmed from colonization again. So, Mm. um, you know, I, I always think about like spirituality, like ancestral religions. When I was growing up, anything that had to do with like brujeria or anything like outside of the Catholic faith, Mm -hmm. any type of spirituality outside of the Catholic faith was considered cosas del diablo. And it was untouchable, Uh you know, and now I'm sitting here with like my sage and my palo santo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our ancestors did some pretty cool shit. There was a lot of knowledge there that was erased and dismissed as like something, there was something wrong with it or it was evil or it was, and that's just not true. That's just not true. There's so much of value in our, in our ancestry uh, that we have like ignored for a very long time because we were taught, you know, that there was only one way to be and identify. Wow. That was deep. That was Frank deep. knows a lot of um, you know, but he's around a lot of Buddha Haiti and up in the heights, up in Washington Heights. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And Frank communicates a lot with our ancestors. So if you need to get in touch with anybody oh, or you yeah. want to dial in. I'll, I'll write that down. Frank's your guy. <laughs> Frank is your guy. I swear, if you need a dentist that operates out of an apartment oh, yeah. uptown, he's your guy True for story. that too. Oh my God, I love it. He's basically your guy for anything. Guys, I have an idea here. I just want to say anybody who comes on the show and says the word monolith, we we need like a monolith jar and we're going to charge them $5. You got to Venmo <laughs> Latinos out loud because let's like stop saying the word. I'm totally with that. Um, Gabriela, I want to just touch on, take it back a few steps because I think how you landed on the radar mm. show and got on Telemundo's radar Mm. is quite interesting. You were doing your own thing on YouTube with a show called Latin Expert. Jamie, the name, Latin Expert. Get it? Latin X, Latin Expert. Can we just applause real quick for the name alone? Because I appreciate... I appreciate a good name of a show, Latinos Out Loud. You know what I'm saying? So... (laughs) Wink, wink. Gabriela, tell us... You know what I'm saying? Gabriela, please tell us about your drive. I know it was driven politically, but what was happening. But like, tell us about the format of that show, what you went in thinking with that show. And now look at the output from what you were doing, your voice on YouTube. Tell us about that path. So I woke up on, uh, I think it was November 2016. And I woke up that morning with a hangover and I hadn't had, I hadn't drank enough alcohol the night before to warrant such a bad hangover. So <laughs> I think it was more of an emotional hangover from a presidential election Ooh, that happened that year, Ooh, that yeah. month. Yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. I just had enough. Um, mm. And I think I was in a place in my career where I was losing. I felt like I was losing the, my control. I like, I, I had had a manager kind of drop me out of the blue after like I had let, I had been with a manager for like almost a decade. And then I moved over to this new uh, representative. They dropped me out of the blue. I was kind of in a low place and that thing happened that happened in 2016 in November. And I just was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to start creating my own thing and see what happens. So I, I was working at a bar at the time I ended up quitting the bar. Like it was completely stupid. Like I I couldn't afford to like quit my job. 
and focus on a web series, but I did. And I self-funded for a while. I eventually raised money for it. And I decided I wanted to create something to celebrate the Latino community, the Latinx community and uh, do it in kind of my way and my style and just sort of seeing what happened. So I created the Latin expert, which was these five minute webisodes on YouTube, where I would talk about different things, all stemming rooted in my Latino culture, being Mexican American. So I talk about anything from like the history and origin of La Cucaracha to the political crisis in Venezuela. That's the one. (laughs) I love it. Ridiculous song. I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) But it would like, it was anything having to do with my own Mexican culture, or if there was something I wanted to learn more about, like the political crisis in Venezuela, I would take that on and be like, how do I distill this very complicated topic and explain it in a way that's fun and conversational ended up being like a two-part episode because it was not easy (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm like drawing a blank I did an episode on mental health talking about you know just basically how our culture is is uh keen on sweeping things into the under the rug and how we we kind of turn our nose up at therapy and things like that. So they're basically, okay. So my mission in life is to provoke my conservative Catholic Mexican parents. So it was like any topic uh, that would like ruffle their feathers a little bit. Like I knew I was on the right path. So like wow, I did one on, what a filter. I'm the youngest. Mommy, let's do it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'm the youngest of four. So I think by the time they got around to me, they were just like, Ugh. Okay. So I got away. <laughs> oh, wow. I got away with more. And I feel like I've, I guess I've always been a little bit of the like the like the rabble rouser in the family that is just like, mm, let's poke the bear. Like, mom, like, when, when was the first time you smoked weed? And she'd be like, Gabriela, I need a And she's like, two margaritas in. And she's like, well, there was this one time. So. <laughs> You know, their parents are just like <laughs> us. I'm like, I'm 35. Like, if we can't talk about this shit, then we're not going to have a relationship. So, like, let's just do it. <laughs> well, Gabriela, that I love your story and the birth of the show Latin Expert because it reminds me a lot of the birth of this very podcast and that we also created it out of like wanting our voices to be heard, wanting to elevate the community, bringing on guests that can educate the community on topics like that. Um, And I love that you're broaching mental health. It's so true. It's so scary to think about like how much we sweep under the rug and how much we could avoid by just talking or addressing the conversation. Um, So thank you for what you're doing. I also want to talk about your acting career because you've worked with one of, I think, everyone in this room's idol from a comedic perspective, Robin Williams. Mm. Is is that true? Could you tell us about that? Tell us stories. We want to (sighs) hear stories. Mm. So my very first television credit was working on a show called The Crazy Ones and it was starring Robin Williams. So wow. I wow. He's the type of person, I mean I think you you said it perfectly, but he's the type of person who like I feel like I know him. Like he's like yeah. a part of my childhood. Uh I've watched every single movie of his growing up. It was like I look at him and I get like a warm fuzzy feeling like he's like my Theo or something. And yes. And when I saw him on set and I met him for the first time, well, actually he, I was standing in a crowd of background, uh, background actors 
And he walked up to me in the crowd, came right up to me, shook my hand and introduced himself to me. <laughs> like, I'm wow. like, because that's the type of person he was like, wow. He was, yeah, just incredibly warm, incredibly professional, just freaking funny in between takes. He would entertain the crowd. Like he would just crack jokes and be silly. And um, yeah, it was the coolest experience ever. And he just took the edge off because it, I could have really easily just gone into like panic, like super intimidated, just being around <laughs> like a comedy giant like that. But he was just so super cool. And it like was literally probably one of the best experience of, experiences I've ever had on set. Um, so much fun. That's awesome. Go, okay. Going back uh, to, um, to Radar, uh, you know, they were nominated for, uh, I'm seeing here, Best Informational Program by the uh, Imogen Foundation. Imagen. 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 Okay. That's why, I, that's, why, that's why I slowly said it. That's why I slowly said it. I was sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's dedicated to positive portrayals of Latinx people in the entertainment industry. So um, being an actress, seeing, you know, uh, how Hollywood has progressed, you know, uh, with showing, you know, portrayals of Latinx in the entertainment world. Do you think, you know, where do you think we're at right now? You know, I feel like we're still at a place where um, it's still kind of like a weird purgatory of like, we're not, you know, we're still not getting a lot of, of representation, but some people think we are, we've improved. So it's weird. Yeah. I think the problem is it's still like trendy to have a diverse show. It's still trendy to hire Latinx talent, but um, I, uh, the jury's still out because we have shows that will get picked up and then after a season they they fizzle out or they have, you know, wonderful, diverse cast, but like they don't really give them the budget that they need or like they don't market the show. So right. there, there's still a lot of pieces yeah. missing. They're like, look at us, you know, we made the show with all these great diverse actors mm. and, you know, they, they put it out there and um, they don't support it. So I'm like forever the optimist when it comes to these things. Like I will always see the good in what's changing because there is a lot of really great content out there right now, but it's still happening. Like if you really look at the numbers and the data, it's like still happening at like a glacial pace. So it's absolutely not like happening fast enough. That's why people who want to, to be working in media, they need to do exactly what you're doing. They need to start creating content. Mm -hmm. That's, the, it's really the only way you just got to do it. Like, you know, field of dream style, build it in. Like, because it's, it's really tough out there. It's tough out there, no matter who you are or what you look like or what your background is. So, right. you know, um, I'm hopeful that things are changing, but it, they're happening. It, it's, it's happening very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to hear more about your career path. Uh, you know, a lot of times our listeners, want to hear the backstory. How did you get here? What did you study in school? And was there uh, ever a crossroads? Did you did you get an intersection along that path? Where did you choose to go? Who were so you dating? Who were you dating? Who was your All first high school <laughs> boyfriend? Right. What's, what's your pasta of preference? We want to understand you. Mm. Yeah. Start anywhere. <laughs> I think in order of priority, it's pasta preference sign? and then career yeah. path. Absolutely. Like, the judge. Absolutely. Ta- I think I'm a Tagliatelle girl. Tagliatelle. Like, like, bougie as fuck. Like, <laughs> I some see. Truffles in there. 
Nice. Like, yes. Give me like the mm. handmade, like the real shit. But like at the same time, I'll, I'll like <laughs> throw down a, bo- a box of like box mac and cheese. We love bougie. Uh, okay. You know, after, like after too many margaritas, yeah. I'll come home. My fiance always makes fun of me because he's like, you you never clean up after yourself when you eat pasta. I'm like, that's because I'm always drunk when I'm eating pasta. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so why I'm eating pasta. <laughs> And okay, so now that we've got the pasta thing out of the way, thank you so much. Maybe we want to touch on career path. I don't know. Should we? I think I want to talk more about pasta. Honestly, we'll get to that pasta later. The, influence. The, the career path stuff is always so funny because like, I am pretty sure that your degree, like your bachelor's degree does not matter unless you are pre-law or pre-med. It doesn't matter what you study. Word. Right. Word. So I study, I went to USC, I studied, I went to the journalism school. I ended up with a degree in public relations at the journalism school and I studied international relations and IR international relations was really like, what was it for me? Because I, it was just so fascinating, like learning about history and current events and political science and how, you know, the intersection of all of those things was so fascinating to me. So my first job out of college was actually, uh, working for a grassroots political campaign in Ohio for Obama's first campaign. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yes, us. we can. Um, yeah, it was like, it was <laughs> season with it. Um, <laughs> Remember that? That was fun. Back, was, back when I was hopeful and idealistic and I thought, you know, political activism was the way to go. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little more disillusioned <laughs> these days, but, uh, but yeah, it was a really exciting time. And they, they moved me to Ohio because it's a swing state. So it was really important and critical in that election. And I was like, no joke working like probably, uh, I don't know, like 17 hour days. Um, and there was one night I actually like slept in the office under the desk. Um, we had an apartment, but it was like a unfurnished apartment with like a blow up mattress. I mean, campaign work is insane. Like it's so brutal. It's so insane. Wow. Um, it feels really rewarding in the moment, but also like you're like 21 and you're like, I can do it. We're going to change the world. So that was, (laughs) that was my first job out of college. And, um, after I actually got a tattoo to commemorate the experience, I have a tattoo. Yeah. Ooh, show us and tell us about it. You have an Obama? Ooh, maybe not it's show us. You have an Obama? An Obama tattoo? What? No, it's like, <laughs> no, it's, you us. can't really see it. See. Um, but it's the, it's the new York street. Hold on. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's not that cool armpit. again. If I could do it all over again, I would have gotten something much cooler. Oh, but it was this, actually this sounds like a pasta <laughs> night that you, you did this, had pasta, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mac and cheese and Barack's face in my armpit. A lot of pasta was consumed before Pasta and margaritas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, good, mama. Yeah, like, I was like, yeah, it was a, uh, I, really, I felt really hardcore. It's like, this is my first Well, political sleeping political at the campaign. office, sleeping at the office I can relate to. I didn't I didn't run a political campaign or anything, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's more comfortable, you know what I mean? Well, you know. You have at home. No, I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> like, I don't think I want to risk, like, being on the road right now, so I'm just going to sleep here. Um, but that happened. And then after that... <laughs> And then what did you do after that? Like, what was the next notch in your career belt? And then I moved to Hollywood. There we go. Woo! With stars in her eyes. 
and Barack Obama <laughs> together. No, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. I made that up. I just wanted to add it for exaggeration. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm going to write Barack Obama's story. And yeah, and then just something Ooh. never got picked up. And um, no, I, I actually moved back home with my mom in La Crescenta, mm. California, which is not too far from Hollywood. And I decided that politics was not for me. And then I was going to pursue acting because it was basically like something that I'd always wanted to do. I was like a total theater club. I was theater club president in high school. I was a theater nerd. Um, I was always performing like from childhood through high school. In college, I was friends with all the film people and the theater people and the improv comedy people who are actually, two of them are now on SNL. One's a writer. So like those were I... those were my people in in college and and after like after giving that job a chance and realizing it wasn't for me I was like you know what I've always wanted to do this like it's now or never and I started working in commercials and television and I did that for about 10 years and throughout that experience like I every now and then I would book a hosting job just like per chance one of the first jobs I booked was they were looking for they were literally looking for a latina host with a journalism background. And at that time I was just like submitting for everything. I was like, you know, if I'm right for being a remotely like 52 year old working with sure, like submit, submit, submit. So, but this I'm time- just put a wig on yeah. me, I can do it. Uh, yeah, gotta, I'm you, good. That's I, what you think. I, I know a little bit of martial arts. I can do this action role. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Right. I got it. Yeah. One time problem. I had to fight a girl and I told her I knew Kung Fu. So I could fake the funk too, if you need me to. Uh, yeah. So like this, this was like one thing where it was it fit me to a T. So yeah. I submitted and I I booked the job and it was hosting this web series called Inspira, and um, we actually one of our interviews. So the whole point of the web series was to um, feature inspiring Latino leaders. So it came after that there was some sort of like um, there's some poll where uh, Latinos were interviewed and they were asked to name like a inspiring leader in their community. And they had trouble naming like more than one or two people. Um, I think they were saying Oy. like J-Lo or I don't know. Um, Oy. I mean, who, who, is, who is obviously inspiring, but. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> Too small group of people, yeah. Jamie. But it was like, it was like another. I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of inspiring people in this group. Um, <laughs> But it was just like another example of um, producers coming together to create something to highlight our community and sh and shed positive light on our community. And so that was like one of my first jobs. And after that, I ended up booking a hosting job on LA TV called Latin Nation. Um, I did a couple, Ooh, couple of things. Well, my co-host was Umberto, Umberto Guida, who was, is a Cuban show. from Miami, who I finally understand now. Do you guys know? Are you familiar with him? He was crazy. Um, yeah. He's crazy. I love him. He was like my brother. <laughs> and I was like, I finally understand him. Um, oh, okay. 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 Um, that is so great. I love hearing about that. Oh, yeah. Um, is there yeah, anything city. else you want to add? That's quite the, the path. That's quite the journey. Yeah. And now you're here. Now I'm here. Yeah, I never well, thought in a million years I would be working for Telemundo, given um, the sad state of my Spanish. And um, yeah, never saw this for me, <laughs> but here God, I am. 
<laughs> Gabriela, before we wrap, this is probably going to be like the last one of the last questions. But uh, doing the show that you're doing now, Radar, um, you you said there's you guys uh, cover a lot of taboo uh, subjects. Um, is there any sub? Is there anything out of the stuff that you've done, whether it's mental health or the machismo culture, anything that you learn you learned a, a, a you know a lot more than you than you originally you know knew, where you were just like, wow, this is. This is pretty shocking. You know what I mean? Is there anything that really kind of blew you away in any of the stories that you've done so far? Um, yeah, there's like a sad one and there's like an empowering one. <laughs> Which one do you want to hear about? Um, can we can we combine both of them? Uh... Um, so I, I got a chance to field produce and like I pitched the story. I did. I, I was a field producer on it and they sent me to New Mexico to cover it. And it was a, basically a story around environmental justice. My dad, um, he's from the Southwest. He's from uh, Texas. And right now he's living in New Mexico. And he got involved with this group that he told me about called the Tula, Ro- the Tula Rosa Downwinders Consortium. And basically, Long story, really, really short. It's um, a group of people in New Mexico, mostly Latino and indigenous uh, people known as downwinders who lived down west, downwind of the first atomic nuclear test in U.S. history. So the, yeah. the bomb that we tested so that we could go, you know, in, uh, attack the Japanese in World War II oh. was tested there. And since then, there are all kinds of protocols in, in place where people are protected and compensated and they or, or, you know, they do things in a secure area with enough uh, of enough of a radius around it so they don't affect the local population, but not in 1945. So these people have been wow. impacted with disease, uh, gener- you know, from generation to generation, cancers, all kinds of things. And we're talking not just about like the local population and the like the farmers and the ranchers and rural areas, but Wow. local like leaders, um, Senator uh, Ben Lujan, his family was affected because his dad was a uranium miner. So basically you have this l- massive community in New Mexico that has never been acknowledged or compensated and um, they are pushing to change that. And so it's a story that I was covering about this group that's uh, speaking out about it to change that. But because the federal government did not collect data at the time, they weren't able to, they're basically saying, well, I mean, I guess you guys were impacted, but there's nothing really to prove that. So I guess you kind of had a New Mexico, New Mexico Chernobyl going on. But I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, it's really it's really crazy because it's it's impossible to prove when people don't collect data or when people themselves don't even know that their their multiple generations of cancer stem from that because nobody nobody even told them it was happening. It was a top secret test. Um, so that was shocking and, um, just really interesting to learn about the history of all that and how easily these types of communities can be, um, dismissed because they're not empowered or they, you know, don't have the status or they don't have the, the wealth or they don't have the voice. So it was really important to be able to, to, to tell a story like that. Um, the empowering story yeah. uh, was when we did an episode on radar about financial literacy, which is something that I really want to come back to again and again, because again, in our community, um, there's a lot of reasons why people 
don't build generational wealth or don't have the tools or the know-how because it wasn't explained to them from previous generations how to build wealth and how to manage money. So I think that is like so incredibly important. Everybody should be learning uh, and using the tools that we have from a very young age. It should be taught in schools, but there's a reason they don't teach it because they don't want us to know. They don't want us to be empowered. They want to keep us uh, struggling. So I think uh, yeah, financial literacy was a really important one to talk wow. about. Pay off your credit cards, people. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or don't get yourselves into the credit card holes to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's. That's really, really interesting. Um, Gabriela, I want to thank you for coming on the show and giving us your time and for all the amazing content you're putting yeah. out for the community right now. You're brilliant. And we wish you all the success in the world. Could you please tell everyone how they can find Radar and find you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are on YouTube, uh, Radar Telemundo, and then all over social media, Radar Telemundo. So our episodes come out every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we have a couple episodes left in our season uh, this Thursday. Well, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but we're doing our, our Black History Month episode this week. And we have a really amazing uh, co-host on that episode that I'm excited to share with everybody. That's so great. Well, we're here for you. Whatever you need, please keep us in your mental mm, and physical oh. Rolodex. If you still have a Rolodex, not many people <laughs> do. It's sort of antiquated, although it's it's nice to flip through context. I miss that The sound. radar audience <laughs> is like, what? <laughs> hey, What's a Rolodex? Anytime, kids, anytime I'm feeling depressed, I'm just going to play that <laughs> intro from Rachel. Uh, yes. yes. Always. Oh, mama. Yeah, you I can record you a separate one in Spanish. <laughs> If you want, a morning uh, one, she does, you know, she can do a morning one and then an evening one before you go to sleep, you know, kind of different yeah. registers. Great idea. Uh, or if you want to shop for pasta, you want an introduction <laughs> into the pasta aisle of the supermarket. Uh, but I presume you shop for bougie pasta, so you're not going to the supermarket. <laughs> you're going to like, uh, you know, old guy Joe's down the block, the um, Italian guy with the crank, so, like cranking out so, the fresh pasta. So Annie's mac and cheese costs, I think, a dollar nineteen at Publix, and I think maybe two or three dollars at Whole Foods. So yeah. Ooh, Annie's. Ooh, Annie's. <laughs> Anything with Annie's name on it is <laughs> just like bellissimo. You know what I mean? It is. Well, Gabriela, wow. right? The cheddar bunnies. Can we talk about Annie's it's cheddar delicious. bunnies? I'm sorry. I prefer Annie's over the goldfish. And it's, I'm just, I'm very close to goldfish. I'm a mom, you know? It's like the bougie craft, you know? Like if you want to go uh, up yes. from craft, you go mm -hmm. Annie's. I love it. <laughs> oh, Annie's, Annie's all the way. Gabriela all the way. Ah. Keep it up. Keep it up, girl. Palante, palante, elefante. Thank you so much. One more time for Gabriela Fresques, people. Woo! Come on, let's go. Straight out of Miami. Thank you, guys. And that was Gabriela Fresquez. Wow. Um, it really makes me want to watch this show now. Wow. Because um, I want to binge it. I want to binge it. Yeah, I'm going to want to binge it. Uh, she says this current season is almost wrapping up. Around two more episodes left. So there's there's a lot of episodes um, for people to, to check out. Um, and it was a great interview. What do you think, Rachel? 
Love it. I mean, she's an actress. She's a journalist. She started her own thing on YouTube and Telemundo found her. It's very inspirational. I mean, I'm very inspired. And it all goes back to the universal advice that we talk about here. Keep telling your stories. Yes. Keep sharing yeah. your stories. Mm. People are listening. And you're moving mountains with those stories. I like to think that we're moving Latino mountains here at LOL. You know, and I don't have confirmation of that. It's not like the mountain calls me. It's like, hey, thanks for moving me. You're a great <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I, I like to go to sleep we're at night. We're moving couches. We're at least we're moving like couches. <laughs> couches, you know, I think. You know, <laughs> we're somewhere in between a couch and a mountain. Yeah, somewhere. And, and I'm thankful to at least have a movement at my age. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. Uh, But I do like to go to sleep at night saying that the guest that we had on the show today or the episode from last week where we talked about X topic that's not always covered moved somebody or shifted someone's mindset or inspired someone to Google the metaverse, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> I just hope that I'm right and that we're here inspiring change and moving palante through what we say and through the guests that we bring on the show. Wow. Right, guys? That was Amen. Wow. Amen and a women. So a women as well. Definitely. A, a any, you know, whatever you identify as, a a that. A that. Yeah. A, a that. A. Um, and speaking of A, we got some quick shout outs before we wrap up here. What a great episode to wrap up. Oh, I'm so inspired. I'm going to go run into Catalan or write a book or something. <laughs> I don't know what. I'm probably going to do none of the above, but I don't know. It's in my head. Um, I just want to make a quick shout out during this like shout out segment that we're doing right now. Yo, um, shout out to the Toronto Sketch Fest for hooking okay. a sister up and inviting me back to the party. I submitted, Woo. yo, Room 28's been in the Toronto Sketch Fest. Yeah, that was had, our last trip, a, remember? Before mm, the pandemic? Yes. Right before the pandemic, and we had a great time. Little did we know, you know, it would be one of the last times we would all hang out together in, in a group, right? In that whole group. So it was great. Yeah, right? and in a different But wait a state. minute. So you're back in Toronto? What's going whoop, on? Whoop, virtually back in Toronto. In the, in the Torontoverse? The in the Torontoverse? <laughs> yeah, in the Toronto verse, I got to get one of those Canadian down jackets because I heard it's cold in the Toronto verse. Um, but thank you, Toronto, for inviting me back to the party. Room 28's been in the festival. The hilarious yeah. girls have been in the festival. And this time around, I submitted a sketch that I wrote for the old school sketch show, which also used to be a live show here in New York City at the People's Improv Theater. Uh, it went virtual, and now it's back live, actually, at Asylum, which is the old UCB. And it was a sketch called SpaceX Mission Auditions. Ooh, Lots I like of that fun. I might have spoken about this on the show when yeah. I performed or when I put it together for Old School Sketch Show. But man, I love festivals. I love festivals for so many reasons. One, it's just such a great smorgasbord of talent and you get put on to new stuff when you go to these festival sites and watch the shows. Um, but also festivals are just like another extension of the brand. Like another right. extension of your baby. It's like growing another limb, you know? It's like just when you thought you're baby was cute with two arms your baby just grew a third arm like wow. a year later Shit. you know and you're like ay que lindo a third arm that's so cute <laughs> i see moms um, like that yeah right oh yeah right yeah my baby has 
30 extra teeth and they're adorable, like right? Tan lindo. Tan lindo. Que Dios me lo bendiga. Gracias. Yes, he's great. He takes great pictures and opens up all the latas of garbanzos for me with those teeth. Um, but I want to I want to we go on freaking loops here. Wow. Um I want to shout out the Toronto Sketch Fest for inviting me back. So stay tuned. Follow me at Rachel Aloca and, and I'll put you guys on. Uh, Jamie, do you have a shout out or two? I do. Um, of course, mad love to our peeps at Yero.com, the news mm -hmm. and lifestyle platform for Latino men. Right. And they are calling all content creators. Mm. So yes. tell us your story. Tell them your story and get featured on the site. That sounds exciting. So visit Yero.com. Um, to con sorry, <laughs> there do that last sentence again. Okay, visit so visit yero.com to contribute um, and sign up because you can get your you can get your stories out there. You know, I, 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 I there's a lot of content creators that listen to the podcast, so you know you should you should do that immediately. You know, it's always good to get your work out there, um, and um, and yero.com is a great place to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. also, um, oh, also shout out to our, our former co-host, Mike Diaz, who's now, um, an actual, uh, we can call him daddy. Oh, shit. Um, and well, not in a, not in a, yo, not in a gross way. He was originally, he was Latin originally daddy. Latin daddy on Mi Gente, and now he's a right. real Latin daddy. <laughs> he's a real Latin daddy, uh, little, Ma, little Mateo. Right. Um, little Mateo was born, um. And yeah, so he's he's a proud papa. So definitely shout out to him. We're happy that the baby um, was born um, healthy. And nice. um, I saw some pictures. He he definitely has the Mike Diaz uh, baby boggle, you know, baby uh, boggle. The he, hairline, he has the, Mike, <laughs> the hairline, the, hair, the eyebrows. His eyebrows are very. Mm -hmm. You know, he has some very like he has like hairier eyebrows than me. So this kid, um, but he's a cutie. And uh, shout out to him and. Um, yeah, this is that's that's big news. Beautiful. Such big news. Yes. God bless that baby. He's adorable. Shout out to Sophie also. A shout out to Sophie, of course, um, who did all the work. <laughs> all the hard work. <laughs> yes. And those I... are those are my uh, yeah. Um and so yeah, Jay Ferns Instagram, J underscore Ferns Twitter. That's all that's all for me. All right. All right. Frank, what you got? What you got, Frank? I just want to give a shout out to two sports figures. Um, uh, first, uh, Hector Camacho that made it to the to the Boxing Hall of Fame a few, about, I think, about a wow. month or two ago. Yeah. Macho Camacho. Oh, Macho Camacho, man. And shout out to Big Papi, uh, the fourth Dominican to make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, you know, I... the big man, okay. the big Yankee Papi. fans, don't don't be brats Come about on, it, man. Yankee fans. I'm not a Red you know Sox he... fan, but, you know, he, he gave us he gave us you a lot of problems. Rep. He gave us a lot of problems. But Yo. shout out. I'm feeling this shout out section right now. Can I shout out somebody else we know that just made a huge career move? Dolly. Yo, we got to shout out Gloria Pasmino right now. Our mm -hmm. friend Gloria just made the leap from local news, New York One, to CNN, baby. Ooh. Go, Gloria. Wow. Uh, Latina Congrats. from New York City. Who we gotta the get her on the show. Yeah, we gotta get yes. her on the show. We gotta get her on. Doing tremendous things and wow. getting that spot at CNN. So shout out to you, wow. girl. Wow, wow. Yeah, you, we could be here all night. Yo, you hit me with that out, one, man. You, know? you hit me with that one in the head. Wow, I'm so you happy You know for Gloria. Yeah, we know man. Gloria. I'm so happy for we her. We're going to miss her in New York 1. We're going to yeah, miss her in New York I did. I was like, yo, I know her, yo. I know her. I know her. 
Yo, yeah. but we know her from the times of the Manhattan Times yes, in Washington in Heights days, when she was days. a journalist back in the day. And look mm-hmm. at that. Latinos are doing it huge right now. Let's ride the wave, people. Yeah, Just wave yo. and Just, wave. Mm-hmm. Latino mm-hmm. wave and wave. And on that note, we out! Boom! <laughs>